0: Welcome to the Balancing Actor Podcast, where we discuss balancing a civilian life with your creative one and everything in between. I'm your host, fellow actor, and fellow human, Miranda Rodan, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Balancing Actor Podcast. Happy Friday. Here we are. We're in March. What a great day. Coming down from watching the Oscars last Sunday and wanting to talk about what the fuck is going on with pilot season. So we're going to get into it, including the writer strike, all that stuff, and I am excited to hear your thoughts on the matter. So starting off with the Oscars, if you haven't gotten a chance to catch the highlights, please do. It was truly a year of the underdog. I was so excited to see all the nominees and all of the winners that took home an Oscar. It was very emotional. It's also the first year that it wasn't a complete shit show and some crazy event happened, and that was just really nice and genuine. Everyone looked um, incredible, stunning, and it was just a really nice, enjoyable night, which is how the Oscars should be. Now, one can argue that the Oscars is typically extremely political. I think all these award shows, to some degree, it's politics at the end of the day, just like anything else. But I was really, really pleased to see such a diverse variety of nominees, and I think that's really important. Um, whether it was political or not, uh, it was a political move on the Oscars to put these people on the ballot. They 100% were deserving. Um I think it's important to see people of different sizes, color, colors, and ethnicities because it helps inspire the little boys and girls and in the world. And I know for me, when I first saw a Latina like J-Lo, like Selena, like Gina Rodriguez winning awards and up on stage, it was majorly inspiring for me because... I felt like I could do it too and and do hold that in my heart as far as my journey goes um, and believing that you can get yours just as much as they got theirs. And I think it's important to continue to see those faces. The take-home all-around winner was the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once my goodness! If you haven't seen this movie yet, please go and watch it. It is crazy, um, but an editorial masterpiece, along with just stacked with a bunch of really amazing actors. And I just really, we don't have a film, haven't had a film like this in in, in years. I really can't even think of a film at the at the time um, that compares to what exactly that film was about. And it was just so creative and just so well done in its wacky, crazy, weird way, which is very inspiring from a creative standpoint. But also, if you have that wacky project, then just do it. Just get practice into creating the the art that you want to create and the storylines that you want to do, because you just never know if things are going to hit. And I think it's important to do something that you really, truly enjoy. So it was amazing to be able to see these actors come home with Oscars. It's definitely actors that have had longstanding careers. Um, special focus on Ki Hui Kwan. I mean, we've known and loved him since the Indiana Jones phase. from Goonies, Goonies Never Die. I mean, just such an endearing character and just also so memorable to see him act again later on in this life. Um, and, and be part of such an incredible piece of art and history now that he won, (laughs) he won supporting actor and just go and Google the highlights. As far as his speech goes, I was in tears. So inspirational because he had 20 plus years in the business. Um, I think more than that because he had, was a child actor and then couldn't find work for the longest time. It really wasn't a time for Asian actors to really blossom, unfortunately, and that's Hollywood's fault. <laughs> uh, and you can see Hollywood kind of goes through waves of emphasizing on different ethnicities and races and things like that, when it should just never really have to be a phase. It should just always be an open opportunity for everybody. But we do see it. We do see the trends that happen, and I hate to call it a trend, but it is what it is. But I, I just think that the longevity of this career is that it's really it's really a marathon it's not a sprint so when you choose to live this life you really are signing up for a long-term investment in your career and being able to set yourself up from a lifestyle standpoint is uber important as far as keeping that momentum going and keeping the consistency going cuz you do you can get really burnt out in this career as many of you know, and that's okay to take a step back and it's okay to question your career and maybe quit for a little while and then come back to it. If you do come back to it though, it's very telling that this is truly on your heart and this is truly a craft that you love. And that could be said for any career that you decide to do, but... I think it's particularly important to focus on acting because there's just so much richness that goes into pursuing this type of career. And you'll hear it time and time again, many, many celebrities were on the brink of just completely giving up. And then that's when they get their quote unquote big break. And you just, you really truly never know when that's going to be. Um, for those newer actors out there, like typically it's not your first co-star that you book, even though your friends and family believe, like, you made it, you made it. It's usually a long journey. And yes, it's a good resume builder, but it's usually not the end all. Although there was a pretty good amount of people, at least in their speeches, that were either part of, actors that were part of films for the first time or um, the editor for Everywhere, um, everything all at once. I think this, he said this was like his second film that he had edited or something like that. And I was just like, what? So a lot of newbies, (laughs) probably in the right time, right place, right opportunity, but that's very rare. Most of these actors, you know, have been in the game for a very, very, very long time. And I am just so excited for them. Um, one casting director you should definitely follow is Lori Weinman. She's based in Miami and she has a really nice post to go ahead and follow Lori Weinman's office hours. She's always so generous to actors and very giving of information and so, so helpful. And I just love the community that she's built so far, but she uh, posted something a couple hours ago and she says this, and I'm going to quote from her Facebook post, never give up whatever you're doing. So this applies for actors and non-actors alike, but then she goes into, and I'm going to paraphrase some of these, but Brendan Fraser was told his looks were fading as a Hollywood hunk. He was a medical liability on set. He was just a late 90s manatee idol. Matinee idol, sorry, not manatee. Huh, that's hilarious. Okay. Uh, A fluff performer with a handsome face and little skill. Oscar night he took home best actor. Jamie Lee Curtis was a final girl, a genre actress specialized in low-budget trash, wasting her Hollywood royalty pedigree. Uh, Her parents are both nominated for... An Oscar, um, if you didn't know that, she mentioned that in her speech. But Oscar night, she took home Best Supporting Actress. Ki Hui Quan was a child actor. As he fell further into puberty, his roles dried up. He was, quote-unquote, the little Asian dork from those 80s movies, not a serious actor. He went 20 years without being cast because nobody thought he had talent. Oscar night, he took home Best Supporting Actor. Incredible. Michelle Yeoh was a Bond girl whose looks were changing as she got older. Can we feel that, females? Like, a lot of times we get a bad stigma for aging in this industry, but ultimately it's a beautiful thing, and wrinkles and gray hair are a great way to enrich your performance and the characters because they're real people. Um, She was an action star past her prime, they said. Not a lead role material in Hollywood. I don't know if that's because of her ethnicity at the time or what Hollywood meant by that, but probably because Hollywood was, you know, very one-sided. It still is to some degree. She was too old, too unbankable, which means, you know, can't make money, too Asian to carry a movie, which is pretty messed up. Oscar night, she took home best actress. We are breaking boundaries, with these Oscar winners. And that really makes history. And that is such a beautiful thing. And it just goes to show that you don't need Hollywood's approval, although Oscar night is pretty much Hollywood's approval, proven. But you don't need it to continue what you're doing. And if you're a good person and you're talented and you dedicate it to your craft and you enjoy what you do, and again, find the balance in your life so it can, you can maintain doing what you can do, That's all that matters. You don't need an award. But if you do get that privilege to stand up there, have a platform to say your thank you to the entire village and years that went into your career, then God bless you. Hopefully you use it in a very positive light. Hopefully you just thank the people that need to be thanked along the way. And I hope that you're proud of yourself, regardless if it's a small indie film award or you know, you make it to the big screen on the on the big beige carpet it was this year. I don't know how I feel about a beige carpet. I really like the red carpet personally. I feel like people fantasize about the red carpet. It's kind of a big deal. But you know what? they want to go beige, that's fine. Whatever carpet, maybe they'll change the color every year. Who knows? But take the time to reward yourself. Take the time to acknowledge all the things that you've done already in your career because I know that we don't take enough time to do that. You know? Maybe you got three auditions this week. You're putting on an avail check, still waiting to head back. hear back from production. Maybe you booked a commercial earlier this month. Whatever it was, like huge wins. Huge wins all the time. So I really enjoyed Oscar night. I thought it was great, and I have some more movies to watch on my list. Okay, segue into what the fuck is going on with pilot season. So since I was living in New York for the last... Six years pilot season was always a really big deal, but it's kind of an old school mentality at this point with the streaming services now so readily available. Streaming services really like plowed into the industry like a big yellow bus. Uh, they really changed the game for better and for worse, I think, in some degrees. And pilot season in the past in the in the olden days was usually a time period between January and May when the major networks, um, Fox, ABC. NBC, CBS, all of the ones we know and love, would produce pilots. So, new ideas of shows, drama, comedy, whatever they can come up with, where they then get voted on essentially and they see if they get greenlit, which means picked up uh, and that there's going to be money to actually produce the series. So January was always a really heavy time for people who were going out for series regulars and lead roles. And then January, February, and then the subsequent months, like March, April, May, was used to cast all the supporting roles, like your guest stars and your co-stars. This year, you're wondering why it's so slow. They only ordered a record-breaking low amount of 13 Back in 2007, 2008, over 100 pilots were ordered, just to give you perspective on how low this number is. And that's partly because over the last couple of years with uh, the pandemic, through a wrench in things, I think budget cuts are just a really big deal right now. And they're just not ordering as many pilots to be able to fund and back them. So that's concerning because that means obviously less pilots, less work for us, for the major streaming, I'm sorry, major networks. That is not to be said for the streaming networks. So I'm getting this source from a really great article in Deadline. I will post it in the uh, show notes, but you can see that the streaming services are still hot. They are producing a lot of different pilots, a lot of script series, so they're not even doing a pilot. They're just... Going straight to series, which I guess is cheaper to some degree. Uh, so, very, very interesting just to look at this. And it's actually a really cool um, website. You can click on ABC, see how many pilots and series orders they have, CBS, and then you can go into the streaming services. So, there's too many to really mention, but I, I will provide that link. But just to give you a highlight as far as the 22 to 23. Numbers. So ABC has three pilots and six series orders. CBS five series orders only. Fox one pilot in 2022, zero for 2023. Five series orders. So sc- uh, script to series direct. NBC five pilots. So they're the most set of all of them so far. Two series orders. The CW, two pilots, three series orders, and BET, one pilot, one series order, just to give you an idea. Now, if we click on Netflix, Netflix is coming in, so for the, 20, the year 2022 and 2023, 29 series orders, so there's still going to be plenty of work for us to do, people. Let's go to another one, just for an example, HBO Max. 22 to 23, three pilots, 11 series orders. Let's see, what's another one? Hulu, 22 to 2023, let's see. One pilot, 20 series orders. So don't let pilot season get you down. It's just going to look a little different. Streaming services are clearly taking the cake on this one. Um, so it's something to be said. And you can go in and click in and see exactly what which projects are being worked on and their titles. It's all public information uh, at this point. But I found this article to be extremely helpful as far as you know, offering a little bit of reassurance, but then letting you know that like it's okay that it's a little slow. Additionally, why things are, slow is that there is a writer strike potential writer strike on the horizon the last official writer strike was in 2008 and it lasted 100 days so 14 weeks and 2 days the writer strike before that was in 1988 to give you a little bit of perspective and that was 153 days which was 20 how many weeks is that 21 weeks 6 days so, and then in the past, and I remember there was a couple of rumors of like writer's strikes happening and then they never kind of happened. So the writer's strikes uh, would take place officially as of May 1st, because that is where their three-year agreement is set to expire. So they're starting to make decisions as of March 20th and will be in negotiations. Basically, the writers, because of all the streaming services, want more money. And I don't blame them. Streaming services are wildly popular. They're on the rise. They're in direct competition with the networks. So it is leading to drastic reductions in earnings. And that is not only from the writer's perspective, but that's also from the acting perspective because unless you're a bigger name where you can really negotiate higher episode rates and things like that, when you're first starting out, I mean, those those earnings are not as lucrative all the time uh, compared to your network earnings. So there's something to be said there about the streaming services. And I definitely believe our unions need to work on that. Our unions need to advocate in our favor and that's why we pay dues to them and things like that. Um, But we need them to come through during this time so that they actually have power to negotiate. So it's up in the air. If the writer's strike does happen, it does put everything on pause. And that time frame is when Actors are being hired to start filming. So if they're not writing, we're not filming. And that can also delay pilots coming out in the fall, which is when they are scheduled and slated to uh, make their debut. So it definitely puts a push on everything. You know, they have a strike. They have the right to strike uh, for their rights. I hope that they can reach a a verdict and an agreeable compromise as much as they're happy with. Um, that's where my mindset is. I'm not focusing on the doom and gloom, but also as far as wondering what you're going to do for the next six weeks, I think there's plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of things for us to do uh, to get our mind off of it. You know, continue your auditions when they come in. Continue to network. Now is a great time to network because if you're not working, most likely casting directors are not working and other industry professionals are not working. Remember how amazing cl- The outlet clubhouse was during the pandemic. I mean, it was huge as far as reaching people that you would never be able to reach. So it's something that I I see it as an opportunity, get your materials updated, update your website, update resume, all that stuff that keeps you busy and keeps you on the top of your game. Like this is your downtime to do that. Also, taxes due April seventeenth because that's the next business day because the fifteenth on a Saturday. Who hasn't started their taxes yet? Me. Uh, and every year, it's always a dreadful thing, and it's I never look forward to it, and it always takes me like weeks on end to just get my shit together. So this is your notice to get your shit together. That's what I'm doing this weekend getting my taxes together. And guess what? That will keep you occupied for the time being. So plenty of things to do within the next six weeks. Another casting director that I want to give a shout out to is Erica Bream. Erica, I'm taking your oh shit class right now, um, as she knows, but it is a great class. So go ahead and follow her. She offers quite a few different types of classes, but I have Found my love for following casting directors that are just so generous with unveiling information about the industry from their perspective. Uh, we always wonder what it's like on the other side and what they see and how they interact with the business side, production, all of that stuff. Erica's amazing on her Instagram account, which is Erica's Bream Cast. And she just has updates on the writer's strike, telling you to calm down and stay busy. She's got updates on, you know, breakdowns, if they matter. She's got updates on a whole bunch of different subjects. And I just really appreciate everything that she has to give the actor who is just so desperate for this information. Because, you know, we don't know. We don't know. Um, Another really great account to follow is... Kara at CCR Casting, she is fantastic also at providing a great resource for actors as far as what's going on, you know, insight into passing on auditions, acing Yourself tape, you know, callbacks. She offers classes as well. And these are just people I follow. Some of them I take class with, some of them I have yet to take class with, and I like to give you an honest some honest insight into, um, recommendations that I have because I've done them myself, but go ahead and follow them on Instagram. I think it will do some good as far as information and staying plugged in and just getting really honest, up to date feedback, um, based on what's going on in, in the industry right now. So those are the things I have for you today. I hope that you enjoy your weekends and we will see you next week with some more interviews with actors. Till then, bye-bye.